Uh, okay, I'm starting, aren't I? Yeah, it's already started recording. Oh, right, okay, fair enough. Um, cool. Uh, what day are we on? We're on Monday. We're on Monday. We're on a Monday. How has your week been? Let's go from last Monday to this Monday. Hi guys, my name is Sanzaini. Welcome to this week's episode. I was going to get into no- that. <laughs> 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 Alright, let me go back. Let's tweet it. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, welcome to We Have No Idea. My name is Cheeky. My name is Sanzaini. And We Have No Idea. How has your week been? My week has been an interesting one. As yeah. in I've been incredibly productive at work. Yeah. Um, finished my auditing and then had a lit weekend. Yeah, it was it was a fun weekend. Um, we had a few people around, but I think like the biggest thing is we went to go see the Receipt podcast. Bro, bro. It was absolutely amazing. It was hilarious. I just love that it was a safe space. Yeah. For girls to be girls and just to discuss our wants and needs in this life. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy myself for sure. Yeah, truths were told. Truths were told. Because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally like, woke up um, Sunday morning and mm-hmm. I was just like, wine is life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like sends absolute G drove us all mm-hmm. the way to Scotland, yeah. Glasgow, um, there and back because I don't have a license like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just had fun. Yeah, I had so much fun. What was your favourite bit from the podcast? From the receipts. Actually, it's too X-rated. Never mind, we move. Let's go. Uh huh. You and I got on stage though. Oh yeah, we yeah. got on stage. Like they got us up and we had to like get, choose who was like the most likely. likely it was hilarious. Something like who's most likely to get with the other person's man. And I was like, no, we have. And I was like, this. we have such such different tastes. Like it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. It just wouldn't. We just went, oh, he's alright, but mm-hmm. it's just one of those. What was he? Who's most likely to steal? Neither one of us. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't steal. No. I'm rich, rich. <laughs> well, what do I have to steal? No. 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 Yeah, the rest, you have to be there. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was so good. What's your favorite highlight? The highlight from over the weekend? Again, like just having everybody around, I feel as though, especially this time, so we've had like two get togethers, people coming around, and both of them were, I would say, completely two different groups of people. Yeah, um, so we, kind of we had some fa- familiar faces from last Yeah, time. like we had like a few people. Who was familiar? One, two. two. Yeah. And yeah, there were two. Us, yeah, and us and then two four. other people. Yeah. He came so far, but really, I think, again, it was like a completely different mix of people. Because mm-hmm. the thing that we do kind of just have like an open invite for our friends to come and like whoever wants to come, yeah. comes through, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I like that it was a completely different group of people. And like you got to see people just open up mm-hmm. and just get to know people. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. I, I rate you a bit more now yeah. after finding that out. Um, so I just enjoy like the community aspect and kind of sometimes I'm not the most sociable and the most like approachable. I think as well, people get a get the opportunity to understand who Chico is because like I'm a very abrasive person yeah. when oh. they meet and that abrasiveness just continues. There's. Um, I feel like What's your favourite saying? No. <laughs> from... no, like I feel like we we curated um, a safe space. Yeah, for sure. Where people were actually able to open up in a different way when in comparison to maybe seeing us just in passing type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, we saw the competitive nature within people isn't and then i realized that i have no loyalties for my team because there was a point where we we're playing heads up i was supposed to be like on on the left side of the 
pardon me, I just burped, I'm bringing cider. Um, <laughs> I was on the right side of the room and basically, yes, we did do the impressions and everything like that. And then as I went to answer the door and when I came back, I started doing the impressions for the other team and I was like, pagan. I was like, where are my loyal is here? Absolute pagan. But, but it was we still won. We still huh? won. No, you didn't win. No, my team won. We were on the same team. You weren't on my team. You were on the other team. No, I wasn't on you your team. You were flip-flopping. No, I was on your team because, like, when I started, you guys were like, you know what? Come back to our, come to our team. Oh, uh, we never asked for you. No, you did. The, we did not. Well, the boys did. It's true. The boys did. It's a lie. They did. They were it's like, since lie. you're on our team, and I was like, okay, cool. It is a lie. Give me the receipts. Any facts? Facts are facts. We in the words of RuPaul's Drag Race. We, 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 we will. Them. You now will. I'm not uncompetitive enough. Wow. But, um, well, clearly then, if I wasn't on your team, then... Um... I won. I always win. Back the winning team, which is Mrs. Chiku. Mrs. Miss. Imagine. Imagine a whole me being a whole Mrs. <laughs> well, they are 21 year olds and married. Yeah, no, but I ain't one of them. Uh-huh. I don't yeah, know any 21-year-olds yeah, yeah, yeah. who are married. That's right, that's right, that's right. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so what are you thankful for? Um, that thank you're 21 and married? <laughs> I'm 21 and single, just trying to get my education together so I can actually secure, secure my job. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. so I can secure, secure my job. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm trying to do. And there's like um, one thing that Tolly T told us mm-hmm. is that as people, mm-hmm. no matter if you're male and female, mm-hmm. you just settle for the people who ask you out. Mm-hmm. So my 2020 energy, after I finish university, mm-hmm. is just to move to people. Oh, I'm I've, joking. I've been doing that. I oh, have, but slowly. Uh huh. I've done that. Yeah, no. What is it? Um, move to people. No, they, move to people that you are attracted to because oh, people sure. are tired of um, women saying, oh, actually, he annoys me, blah, 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 because clearly you don't like him as a person. You just accepted he was the best that was Yeah, like, he's somebody that you are with because he approached you. Otherwise, convenience. out of convenience, shoot your shot, ladies. And I have taken that to account. It has its benefits. Um, there are times when it doesn't, but it does have its benefit. I will tell you that one for free. Shoot your shot, even yes. if the person is blocking your blessing. I'm like, <laughs> shoot no, past them. like, no, no. Don't let your pride block your blessing. Oh God, no! Don't let Don't. your ego no. Go for it, man. What's the worst that could happen? Mm. You so get heads. Like, yeah, that's it. You get no. blocked. No, no, there's many more men than the Z. Yeah. What is it? The ratio now is like. Three million to three million? You've got option. No, three billion. Yeah, well, yeah. Is it no, three billion? Seven billion people, so. There's more women than men. men. So I know that. But let's say like four billion to three billion. That's three billion men. Mm-hmm. And okay, let's do the ones that are older than you. That's at least 1.5 billion. You've got options, man. Yeah. Shoot your shot. Yeah. Move on. Take yeah. the L. Yeah. It makes you stronger. We move. We move. But then, when you shoot, oh no, no, but then, when you shoot your shot, you are actually more likely to end up with a guy that you genuinely do like. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel so equally, people respect you for shooting your shot. Yeah. Like, um, if a guy's tried to move to me, even if I've said no, I'm just like, I, like, I stand with your energy. Yeah. Because you've been brave enough to, like, go for it. So I'm like, yeah. Because yeah, you're a real one. Day, sometimes you have to look at your babes and be like, I oh, chose you. Like, I chose you. I chose you. I chose you. You are here because I made it happen. Like, take your pride and joy. No? Uh, yeah, man. It makes it sound like it's your child. Your pride uh-huh. and joy. And we had to do our top threes of what you wanted in a relationship. Oh, actually, what, top three, what do you want in a relationship? Financially stable. Oh, 
If that's not a word in this 2020, I have my Check money, uh-huh. you have your money, your money's my money. Mm-hmm. I'm joking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but yeah, just somebody who knows like what they're doing financially. Like, mm-hmm. I'm fine with, obviously, like, you don't have to be, oh my guys, I'm ballers. Mm-hmm. But just like, be able to sort your issues out. Cause that stuff like, creates stress. Mm-hmm. And that stress, your stress then becomes my stress. stress. Yeah. Cause I'm like, a giver. In the sense of like, I care for people. You are a giver. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am not. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That's all I'm saying. I'm a child of God and live by the morality book he has given me, which is the Bible. And I can stand before Jesus and he knows my life. <laughs> and he knows the things I have not done. He knows the things I have not done. Me and G-O-D are good. Uh-huh. Me and G-O-D are good, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, me and, me and God are good on that aspect. Like, he knows my heart. He knows the things I haven't done. What about you, Sense? Yeah, God knows my heart. Okay. God knows my heart. He does. He does. Exactly. He does. So we'll move. Um, financially stable. The second one is funny. I love to joke and crack jokes and stuff. And also, I like to crack jokes that are insulting. Mm-hmm. So I'd say... Somebody can hack. No, somebody who's just confident. Like, energy. if you know who you are, like, like me calling energy. you... Yeah, me calling you trash is not gonna do anything to you. Mm-hmm. And that's also me just taking the mick out of you. Mm-hmm. So confidence, funny, mm-hmm. financially stable, because mm-hmm. I'm about my money. Mm-hmm. And I'm about confident people who know what they want and can say what they want. Nice. That's my top three. What about you, babes? Like, I, I, I generally do like smart guys. Um, if Intelligence. Can, intelligence, like, is just attractive to me. You have to be mm. physically attractive. I like somebody who is kind and somebody who is honest. Yeah. Yeah. Honest. Like, be honest about who you are. Mm. If you know that you're trash, own it, own your narrative. If not, you know, like, just tell me from the forefront. Tell me you move mad. Tell me you move mad. That and I can't be sad when you move mad. mad. Yeah, so that I can know what to expect. Um, I can know, not lower my expectations, but like, kind of like. I know where to set them. Yeah, type of thing and like, know how I'm going to navigate this. Um, it's something that, actually, yeah, I like honest people. Yeah. I like kind people. I like people who think outside of themselves mm-hmm. for once and actually you know like put others in front of them from time to time yeah to the point of like um being a what is it called um a mat you know when uh doormat anybody can walk yeah all over you no you can be kind and still have boundaries and you know type of thing for sure yeah and i like clever people because i like having clever discussions Mm -hmm. like i can like i can happily watch a documentary about weed with you it's fine (laughs) like yeah Verse, yeah, and um, just to explain, that is a Netflix series called Explained, and as well as documented on weed, mm-hmm. they do talk about the banking industry. Yeah, so, so she just does not barely just watch documentaries about, about, about drugs. Yeah, I do that sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. Uh-huh. I have ban- I have watched too many documentaries about weed. I feel as if you watch any documentaries by Vice, yeah, it's just always focused on some sort of narcotics. Yeah. Um, but they do really cool documentaries yeah. and it's a very cool indie brand mm-hmm. um, that is and Vox as well yes. is really good yeah. for cool documentaries yeah. so that's um, something to look at if you ever have time yeah. um, but we are going to move on to our black excellency of the week who is your black, black excellency? my black excellency is Fela Kuti so he is a Nigerian 
artist and he is kind of known um, or recognised when it comes to the start of Afrobeats. Okay. Um, and I feel so like right now the Afrobeat scene and culture, I guess, is being appropriated yeah. by many different people just to make a quick book. Yeah. Um, after jumping on the wave, it seems like the reggaeton vibe has now, again, been like what. I wouldn't like to say whitewashed, but appropriated because people try to make a quick book mm -hmm. and it's now moving on to Afrobeats. But I think we should always remember the people who started the culture yeah, um, and the people who um, paved the way and I guess did something very experimental that even people who are African, mm -hmm. I was like, mm, I'm not sure if like I'm cool with this. Yeah. But somebody I guess needs to be the revolutionary. So for the other artists, like your Wizkid, Maliki Berry, mm -hmm. Tiwa Savage, like especially she did a YouTube video with, I think it's called song something it's about where you explain your song lyrics oh and yeah um dang it what is it called uh it's done by genius the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that one yeah i don't know what it's called but she was doing her video for mm -hmm. 49.99 mm -hmm. um and she just basically praised him and said that he was one of the guys who really started the genre off so as well as we celebrate afrobeats and people are throwing it back for a real one yeah and everything let's um <laughs> Throwing it back for a real one, we are not busting it open. I think that's what a fellow Kuti has taught us when it came to his music. So he is our Black Excellency of the Week. And speaking of Black Excellency, what are we chatting about this week? We are chatting about Black British History, history. Month. Month. Yes, so for those of you who don't know, in America they have Black History Month. The shortest month of the week. I know, week? Of, the year. of the year. Of the year. However, in the UK we have it in October. Yeah. And this is Black History, Black, Black British History Month. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to spend some time focusing on some of the heroes who paved the way and um, we have been instrumental as to where we are now and also actually, you know, like paved the way for us to have access to what we have, mm -hmm. the voting rights, the NHS, everything that we have we've got is because of them, it's because of the struggles mm -hmm. that they went through so that we can actually have the incredible opportunities that we have now. So, um, what is Black British History? So, Black British History. I still don't know about this one because I still don't identify as Black British. I know you do. Yeah. Um, uh, do you I, identify with being Black African more than you identify yeah, with Black Yeah, for sure. Black I'd still British. identify with being Black African because even though I've been raised more in Britain, mm -hmm. um, I'd say my culture mm -hmm. has been more African. I've been raised around Africans, especially like people who have come from Africa. Mm -hmm. Like we'd say we're first generation, so the way we yeah. raise our kids is going to be based off of the things that we've seen in Britain. Yeah. But the people who I've been around have been raised in Africa, yeah, yeah. and therefore yeah. they have certain cultural things. Mm -hmm. So Black British, I can give you like a dictionary definition okay. of it, what I think it is. Yeah. Um, I feel like it focuses more of the Caribbean background than I'd say yeah. compared to the African background. background because of, again, like the Windrush generation when they came over to Is start it? working in the UK and as well the NHS um, going into Commonwealth countries and recruiting people to come and work in the UK. I'd yes. say that's Black British, but I honestly am not too sure. No, like Black Britishness, there's this film on Netflix called Belle. It talks about um, the Black British... Um, lady who was an aristocrat she was mixed race actually um i think half black half white obviously yeah not obviously <laughs> because there's different combinations of being mixed race however um we're so, doing black british <laughs> yeah, well, yeah we're doing black british um there's a film and the 
Um, she's played by Gukum Bataro, who is, um, I think she's Southern African. No, like half Southern African, half. I'll have a look. Yeah, she's going to show. Sure. But um, so you go back, you go back that far, and also I spent some time in Liverpool. They have the slavery museum, mm-hmm. where because Liverpool was one of the main um, ports that where ships came from Africa during the slave trade, and they were um, they were stashed, they were stationed in Liverpool. And there's actually a picture from the 1600 where you see a black person um, in the streets of Liverpool, and I feel like black British. Black Britishness started then, and then somehow, because people within Black Britishness, um, slavery was no. Hold on, slavery was abolished in England first before it was abolished in America. Yeah. Therefore, people who were black and were slaves in England, they became free here first, and mm-hmm. were able to establish and become aristocrats and old money type of thing. Yeah. We do have old money who are black in England. Yeah. However, they still face the same issues that, that we do sometimes True. at a higher level uh-huh. however because it was abolished initially here you tend to hear more about slavery in america yeah where rightly so because it was an absolute like madness madness and madness doesn't even um define it properly because at the end of the day a lot of people died people suffered and people are still um dealing with the consequences of that scene mm. and um so black britishness I would say it might have started then, but then you see the what is it called? You know, it, I think it was two, three years ago in the news, where they found a man, the ice man. Who, oh, and they were looking at the, his genetics, and yeah, they said he was a black man, man with blue eyes, and people were, like, <gasps> which can definitely happen. Yeah, and um, so you see that kind of thing. So I think we really there's a lot to find out as to where we pinpoint black Britishness and where it starts. It started, but it's something that. Like the certain is yes, it became more mass, more vast, and mm. is easily accessible history. However, it's been there before the certain is for so, sure. Yeah. And I think people started to find it cool, didn't it? Yeah. Um, when it kind of gets to a certain um, a certain time, mm-hmm. so that was the point where you had, I guess, lots of mixed race children. So they'd be people like shunning white women mm-hmm. or shunning white men for getting with like. Uh, black men and uh, black women and even I know lots of orphanages tended to have mixed race babies in yeah. there because like either parent didn't want the pressure of keeping that child mm-hmm. um, so that was one big issue when it came to like the start of black Britishness mm-hmm. uh, but yeah like black people white people were saucy men mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the dark of the very the sweet the juice Yay! Kendrick said that True. we co-sign it <laughs> Um, but my first but question like is it is it my first question to you is as a first generation immigrant mm-hmm. um, how would you identify yourself as black British because you claim being black British I feel like I claim and understand black Britishness than I do with black African mm-hmm. because of my views and how I am how I view society so yeah. I would like to think that I'm liberal in the fact in the fact that like I'm a feminist um, mm-hmm. I'm a feminist, I support LGBTQ rights, mm-hmm. I say, you know, like men and women are equal in society. Yeah. Um, there's some parts within, I would say, Zimbabwean culture okay. that I do not 
agree with mm-hmm. because it's quite um, assimilated with patriarchy mm-hmm. and where it's like women belong in the kitchen and men run the house mm-hmm. which comes from Christianity to a certain degree but then it's been so construed where like traditionally women are seen as less than and I don't believe in that mm-hmm. as a woman and I think we are and I truly do believe that we are equal so I tend to identify with being more black British because I find more of the black British um, stance than uh-huh. I value more of the African ones. However, if you're gonna chat nonsense about Africa, I will come for you. I will come for you with history, with knowledge, because at the end of the day, that this is where I uh, I, I was born. Mm-hmm. This is where I spent the time of my life, my childhood. However, just because I don't rap it as much as I like, I feel like I don't rap Zimbabwe. I rap being African more than I rap being Zimbabwean, mm-hmm. and I rap being Black British more than I rap being African. I'm not saying that like I'm, I'm not denying that I'm I'm of African heritage. You already but, read no. comfy, right? Yeah, I yeah. know. Uh, no, 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 you're no, blocking yeah. every form of attack. I'm like no, just I'm like, like no, don't come for me. Yes, I'm like I'm not saying that like I'm not those things. I am, mm. and I am appreciative of it, and I will come for people who try and like discredit that because mm. at the end of the day, my African experience, my me being African, me being Zimbabwean, is completely different to each and every individual yeah. and me being black British is different from everybody because guess what I still have family in Zimbabwe I still mm. have family within the continent of Africa yeah. and I can visit the continent of Africa and I am proud of it however my day to day life visually I am black British so what is your do you identify more with being black African or being black British um I'd say more so black African. Okay. Why? Um, Why are you running? <laughs> <laughs> because I think uh, my experience of British culture has always been other, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'd rather just not be other. Mm-hmm. I feel as though by identifying as black African, I am part of a community. Mm-hmm. And especially growing up, like, within the North... Mm-hmm. Um, since like primary school and stuff you've always had to conform or for example you walk into a room and assess and be like how do I find my fit in this like some people can just walk into a room and blend into the background Mm -hmm. unfortunately being black and black British you don't have that you'll be remembered for some sort of reason Mm -hmm. Um, and you have and now it's on you to then control how will you be remembered yeah Um, you never have the opportunity just to be one of many you'll always be other mm-hmm. so in that sense i would rather identify as being black african instead yeah because of just the heritage and the culture in like particular malawi and just um the family i've come from there's mm-hmm. such a pride that i have um from who they are and just what they stand for mm-hmm. um certain things as my mom told me like when i was a baby like my grandma just used to pray for me all the time Aww. and we say those things as like african mothers like having those prayerful mothers yeah. those grandmas i don't think i identify that with the black british culture but there's then- different things so there's certain things about africa that i truly love and i would rather identify as being black african than black british because of that but then because most black british people that i know are black british slash african because of african background or caribbean background and those two tend to assimilate yeah but isn't it about what you identify as not like ethnic 
um, ethnicity and like what you tick on your government census because yeah. on the government when you can tick black British or black African yeah. and it doesn't matter if you the passport doesn't mean anything because yeah, I've got it does no I've got a if British it, passport no, if you're kidnapped it does no you get what I mean if you're kidnapped of course it does but identifying is much yeah. different to like what your government ID says because mm-hmm. some people could have come from a country that's war torn yeah and now they have a British passport but they will always identify so as like, like for example country. they'll say they're Syrian mm-hmm. they will always claim they're Syrian because mm-hmm. they love the country that's where their family was and stuff yeah um so I think um we'll use black British when it's convenient to us like I definitely have when it yeah. comes to getting like jobs and stuff I know there's a diversity policy yeah and they have to take the two or three of us so why can't that two or three be oh me my and therefore I'm fine with claiming my black Britishness in that sense but I won't claim as in just can I, spill, can I spill some tea? What happened? So in my workplace, I'm the only black person. Yeah. And our workplace is getting inspected. And guess who is on the panel? Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> Just so they can have their representative. Remember as well, the next time they take pictures, you will forever be in that picture. Yeah. Yeah. So just always be ready to look cute. Like I remember I was on my placement mm-hmm. and um, they were taking pictures for the new brochure mm-hmm. and then I hadn't been selected to be in the pictures I was like cool I don't want to do it anyway mm-hmm. and then on the day of picture day I get an email saying oh we've had something come up is there any chance you could be in it and I was like mm-hmm. did, you just, did you just scroll down the list and look and see that the names were very similar it was just all Smith John and Thompson <laughs> um, that's all I'm saying yeah Diversity policy, man. It, it has helped us out. Because mm-hmm. they have to take two or three of us out of the hundreds, so why can't it be you? Mm-hmm. So I will use my black Britishness to an advantage, but I don't think it has provided us with advantages in society if we look at it holistically. I think it has. I think it, it, it created an identity where it doesn't matter whether you are black Caribbean or black African. We can all assimilate in that black Britishness because we like because our black British experience is completely different to the African American experience. Oh, for and sure. They don't like it. They don't like us for it. I'll tell you that one. For oh free. no, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, I no. remember. Um, that's on to our next question as well yeah. about the African American experience compared to black British, and they were talking about how um, who was it? Um, um, it was a top boy. Spikely. No, it was top boy who played Jamie. Yes. I can't remember his actual name, but he's fine. Yeah. Um, he went to America mm-hmm. and did a role mm-hmm. and he was playing an American. Yeah. So lots of American actors were really annoyed. Like, why are you bringing these British mm-hmm. guys over to play black men Even, in America? Um, what's his name? John John Boyega and also Daniel... Um, da- the guy in Get Out. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, talk about. I don't know his last name. Yes. Yeah, like, and then we have a um, man like Idris Elba, who basically, um, Fine. a lot of people didn't even know that he was black British. Yeah. But, but then you see the things like, within black British television and film, at that time when Idris Elba went to America to play um, whatever role he played in, in The Wire, yeah, there were, there were not many roles for black British actors mm-hmm. in the UK. Yeah. Not in, in, um, in a, what's the terminology? So actors would just get like mediocre roles, whereas Idris Elba was able to go to New York and um, LA where he was able to get like a bigger role where it's Mm -hmm. actually a TV series which was seen and beloved nationally, even more internationally. Yeah. So like you see that where America provided exposure for black British actors, but then you don't see that kind of slander when it comes to white British actors who go to America. You have the Benedict Cumberbatch who are celebrated. 
For sure. He doesn't get that slate. Um, you have plenty of black British actors. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is Venom. Come on. And he's I black. Am. And he, well, no, he's not black. <laughs> He's, and British. British. he's just British. Um, I think there's just some infighting that's happened yeah. between the communities. And I guess um, as well when it comes to black British, Americans literally only would see a black British person as being a Londoner. Yeah. I don't think they would ever imagine them as being someone from Glasgow no. or from Wales or something. Yeah. And it's the idea that London has so much wealth in it that these yeah. people must have come from very good backgrounds. Yeah. For them to first be working in the UK and then come over and then take American jobs yeah. and stuff. But um, that's not the case where you go like literally, literally we're in Scotland and there were black people. I was yeah. like, rah. And I was talking to my colleagues about it and I was like, I can't believe like I went to Glasgow and I was like, I was like oh my God, there's black people. Uh, <laughs> Which is like so ignorant of us, but we get everywhere. Yeah, yeah, because when I was talking to my colleague, one of the guys was like, actually in my school there was only one black child and i was like yeah and i was like i was that one black kid my little brother is that one black kid in his yeah. school so he's a martin the king yeah, of his generation right exactly now. like we we have grown up in white spaces actually how do you feel if that's um how has that impacted your identity growing up in such um predominantly white well, spaces i grew up in white spaces i'd say mine is white and asian spaces mm-hmm. i had a bit more diversity in that sense you had a little bit of melanin uh, <laughs> yeah yes but it was very weird in the sense of it felt as though the people who were asian were also trying to get the white privilege okay and then it felt weird it felt as though the people who were of a certain race would sometimes side with the Caucasian people just to be part of the in crowd. Yeah. And I guess it's just like numbers, isn't it? You go yeah. with the biggest pack and yeah. there's safety numbers, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So it seemed as though everybody was trying to strive for this idea of perfection, mm-hmm. which was um, whiteness yeah. um, in the end. But um, I feel so in my identity, definitely like pri- primary school, like I was still new to the UK and stuff, so I wasn't too sure. So I was quite independent. Secondary, I was like, I'm not a fan of this education thing, but I know I have to do it to get the job I want. Mm-hmm. So let me just keep my head down mm-hmm. and just be quiet. So I feel as though my personality and my Africanness got muted. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember we were doing a production of The Lion King or something. Yeah. And then there's me and another black girl as well. Mm-hmm. And then it was something about like, so yeah, we're going to do it without our shoes off. Um, because that's what they do in Africa. And I was like, excuse, excuse me, me, miss. Excuse I, me. I literally went to her. Um, when I was in Africa, we wore shoes. And she was like, um, uh, 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 um. And, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, and she and did not expect uh, me to call her out about that. Yeah. And I was like, but I think still then I was still aware of my Africanness and my blackness because yeah. I could check somebody yeah. if needed to be. I was quite shy and timid. Mm-hmm. I will say that's very shocking to most people. Um, that was like that back then. But um I think I'm shy, no? I think yeah. you're definitely not. I am. No. No, I am. Like, I am. You can talk to anybody. I can talk to anybody, but I have to make myself talk to anybody. Does that make sense? So, for me, like, when somebody was to come to me, um, I talk to them because I have to. Does that make sense? You feel obligated Every, to the conversation. Not, not even I have to, but, like, I, I really genuinely, like, I have to fight internally with myself mm-hmm. to talk to people. Because otherwise, my natural thing is like sit down and look on my phone and talk to my friends on my phone. <laughs> and I feel like that's most people. We're literally a socially awkward generation that forces each other to, to, to talk. communicate and yeah. talk to each other because we've lacked so many social skills. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, we move. Carry on. Um, what was I saying about my identity? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think there was times that I wanted to change, but I think that was more so I was trying to gain the affection of somebody or a certain group of somebody's. Mm-hmm. Um, but at a certain point, I always kind of knew who I was. Like, there's only so much relaxed you can put in your hair until um, you kind of just have to accept, like, this shiz is expensive. <laughs> Let me just embrace, like, the natural hair lifestyle because this is what God actually put on my head. Yeah. This is what grows out my scalp. Mm-hmm. You cannot put relaxer into your brain and it come out straight. Actually, um, can I ask something in yeah. the back of that? When did you go natural? Um, age? So I was, my dad has always been about black empowerment every single year of my life. I think um, BT does a thing called Black Girls Rock, Amen. which is basically celebrating um, black women who are doing amazing things in society, whether that's celebrities, scientists, activists. Yeah. Um, and he always made sure I watched that. Like my dad was so intentional about knowing who I was identity wise, mm-hmm. but never kind of preached it down me. Mm-hmm. We had like a book of 100 inspirational black. speeches. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just black women, it was like literally anybody and everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just, super aware that he knew who my identity was and he was like he went to my mom like you should have to like straighten her hair mm-hmm. and he just always would say these little things so yeah one time i was watching like a lauren hill um video and i was like this is amazing mm-hmm. and then one day i think after i finished my gcse's mm-hmm. i think i was just tired of everything so my friend came over and we just shaved my head yeah and then from that day um i had natural hair and i love shaving my head i want to do it again it's so just mentally liberating mm-hmm. um and i want to do it again but i feel like my hair's growing too much now to, to shave it you, you yeah love, you love that um short black woman hair who looks like she will ruin your life yeah i love it and it just forces you to like just acknowledge just the your amazing face. skin and bone structure and everything mm-hmm. and every time i've had my hair like short i've just like loved it and it's so simple and easy to take care of and it, life is so cheap like natural hair, it's I should actually be able to write it off on my taxes because it's that expensive. Um, I as should we be record, able to, as yeah, we record this I should, episode, I'm actually playing with my natural hair. I should actually be able to get a tax rebate on it. Um, but was your experience as being Black British ever changed, or did you ever feel compromised at any point in your life? Um, I feel like because I grew up in predominantly white spaces, um, in my formative, like, I, I, no, 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 hold on, let me correct myself. I grew up, initially, my formative years, I grew up within the majority, and that's when I was in Zimbabwe. So, basically, by the age of five, I, I, w- I was the norm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, I grew up being the norm. Yeah, so you were just ugly back then, you weren't black and ugly. <laughs> No, I was cute. I've always been a cute <laughs> child, not gonna lie. Like, there's a picture of me when I was two. I do not look impressed whatsoever. Like, you, you know when when a black woman looks at you and she's just like... Over it. Like, over it. And I was looking at somebody like that at the age of two and I was like, wow, I really haven't been impressed for a long time. No, um, that's, I was having that discussion with my mom and dad about, mm-hmm. like, the ugly thing. Because mm-hmm. they did not understand racism. So, mm-hmm. like, I'd come to them and I'd be like, oh, these kids said this about me. Mm-hmm. And then they'd be like, oh, that, that, that. But I could tell that, like, within their brain, they just don't understand it. And I was like, because when you're in Africa, you were just ugly. Yeah. You were black and ugly. <laughs> Um, so like there's some insults that you can get over mm-hmm. if someone's saying oh you're stupid but you know you're not stupid yeah. you're like they're just being an idiot yeah but there's some inherent thing like you're black and ugly it, you, it just hits you a bit harder as yeah. a kid i think because yeah. like the black bit you can't control and i was just like so what does black and ugly mean i understand ugly mm-hmm. i know people are like there's some ugly people but 
Um, so just explaining to them as well when it came to, a, I guess, a black British compared to an African-African perspective. But I cut you off, you continue, sorry. Yes. Um, so I feel like because I grew up in the majority in my formative years, my identity was already formed within like I knew that I was cute and I knew that I was smart because that's something that my granddad always told me and my grandma always told me they're like you're beautiful you're smart like they um instilled confidence within me but yeah. then when I moved in my teenagers where you're starting to look at boys yeah and you're like oh the my man god them. the man them, you're like oh my god does it like me and I remember in year nine and all they want is some Georgia Smiths yes well no not even that like in year nine I remember kissing this boy uh, Why are you kissing boys? Uh, well, he, you know the peck. The, yeah, he kissed me, and I remember it was in the uh, corridor, on like the corridor, like you know when everybody goes off for PE. And I don't know why, but like I was late for PE, so was he. So he turned around and he just kissed us, and that was the first and last time I ever kissed a white person. Not gonna lie. I oh, should I tell you why, Star. <laughs> <laughs> Trigger warning. Huh? Mine is so petty. My my story is actually so petty. Um, my first kiss, I kissed the boy because yeah. I wanted to piss off another boy, and it worked. Yes, of course. So yeah. Good move. <laughs> the text messages came firing real quick. Mm-hmm. Straight after I got a message from the guys, like, "Are you enjoying the house party?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yes, I did." Men can feel it. They can feel it in their spirit when you've moved on, <gasps> and it's salty. <gasps> Um, but back to our regularly scheduled program. They'd be like, you up? And I'm like, how I'm not, I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. <laughs> That's what you should write, I'm sleeping. <laughs> this is my or, subconscious or, texting. Or, or just texting red. You've, you've actually did, done that to, to the girls group chat where you've like seen, and I'm like, really? Like, I was, I was, I think, oh, my ex had just did my DMs. Oh yeah, yeah. It's and I was telling the girls. No, it's one of those ones that, like, if we're in a group chat and other people are replying, and I feel as though my opinion isn't like warranted, I will not add anything. I'll just be an observer. You'll be like sin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like because I grew up in those spaces where like I think he, he was the only boy that fancied that I fancied and fancied me back mm. in high school. Yeah. And legit like. That was it. That was it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember in sixth form, that's when I started moving a bit mad. Throwing it back for a real one? No, I wasn't even throwing it back. Um, <laughs> throwing it in a circle. <laughs> Spelling coconut. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you have Twitter, you know what that means. So, my sixth form, we had like 52 languages, obviously like ethnically diverse. You Diversity. Had, like, even you had people from Zimbabwe and then you had a distinguished witch tribe. That's how diverse it was. That sounds so, lit. Yeah, like everybody, wow. like, you would sit there during um, lunchtime and speaking your languages and stuff, which was absolutely wonderful and brilliant. So that was sixth form. And so that introduced me to the black African culture and also yeah. slash black British culture, where it was like, not even black British, like the ethnic minority culture, where I learned about Islam as a religion from actually Bang- my Bangladeshi friend. Oh, she cool. was from Bangladeshi. So where, where I learned the difference between Bangladesh Pakistan, India. Yeah, like, like I learned, Civil War. Like I, I learned the history between that and the history surrounding that. Oh, well, yeah. I learned about my like George, not Georgian, Romanian friends. I had like friends from like all these Eastern European countries, mm-hmm. and like and then you had the white people, obviously. Like white people walking in and be like, oh, white people. 
people uh, but because the minority were the majority within our school and that must have been lit that was lit like we even had like two german exchange students there was one who came in he looked like an apple what's the brand amber crombie yeah that amber he looked like like i can't fit into it so no, no, no. he looked he looked like a hollister model like we looked at him and we were like hoi hoi my guy started talking and we we're like shut up that's so rude <laughs> you he's, just sexualized him no 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 no. He's and you tell him to be quiet no he's he, like like was he, he dry he was dry dry like jailed bread it's dry as the sahara desert my friend wow. he was just that is nothing. that is no that is nothing. the saddest thing ever oh. like do you know when you see someone who's fine oh. and their personality is dead. dead you're like god why could you just have made him half less fine yeah. and then give them half personality so there's a balance yeah like personality bangs you can be free i feel like was i an ugly duckling no because I, I grew up being the only black person and not like no i just i not- always i always knew i was peng i just knew the other people were idiots <laughs> and they could not recognize my beauty i've always been peng since birth nobody can tell me nothing and i've been cute i was just around the wrong man <laughs> You could appreciate it. Do do not let your circle decide your worth. My mom always used to tell me, you're gorgeous. My mom if your mom tells you you're buff, she's telling the truth. If your mom doesn't tell you anything, mm, sorry. No, but like, oh god, I even lost it. No, the, so you know the idea of like being the pretty blonde? Yeah. He was that. He was a pretty bo- blonde. We pretty just, boy. Yeah, he was just a pretty boy. Pardon me. Our um, pretty boy is also rich, so we got double portions oh, right there. Yeah, but he wasn't that smart. No, 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 but then here's the thing. I feel like because he's in, well, he knew English, but like I feel like sometimes maybe his personality got lost in translation. Oh, he but didn't then, get the inside jokes. N- not even the inside jokes, but then we had another <laughs> German guy who had a personality. Oh. He was actually really funny. It's a bit mad. <laughs> like, it's a bit tight, mate. But then the other German boy wasn't as pen, so I feel like he's just been pretty and just got away with it. Uh, oh, personality matters. It really does. It does. It really it, does. It, it, Longevity, it does. man. It does. I can only start your face for so long before you have to talk. Thank you. But yeah, I'm sorry we digressed. What was my question? <laughs> um, your experience as black within this Caucasian society. Um, I think it's imperative to know who you are. Yeah. To know to be to be self aware in regards to like, oh my god, I'm actually in a white space. Therefore, mm. how I conduct myself absolutely it matters because I need to make sure that I'm safe. Yeah. And conduct myself. If there was a race war to break out, I you don't have numbers on your side. Therefore, I need to make sure that what I do, I do in a safe manner. Oh, stay close to the door. Yes, but then you have that burden of being a representation of the name for the higher race. My and God! Oh my and God. they and the next time they're like, so the last black person who applied for this job, or the last black person who's in the school, or this, this, this. So you are always a representative. And I remember my dad told me that, that like you're representing this family, but you also represent the culture. Mm-hmm. And remember that their last experience with a bad person could have been really bad. Yeah. And therefore you are now carrying the burdens of, of that, that person. person. Yeah. So you don't even start on neutral, no. like everybody else who is in the majority. Yeah. You're starting on negative. Mm-hmm. So you have to be better than good. Yeah. You have to be better than better to make up for the person who was worse because they were having an off day. But then is, does that then go into the narrative of being the good black? I'm not saying the good black, I'm just trying to be black. I've said, being a black person in this 2019 is an extreme sport. Oh, God, yeah. We are ducking and diving 
through social constructs. Mm -hmm. There are some things that people have learnt within their family dynamics and family culture, mm -hmm. which we have not had access to yeah. because we have not understood those things. Mm -hmm. Like even in my last jobs, there are certain topics that people have been talking about mm -hmm. that I just have to inhale. Mm -hmm. Like for example, I read the Financial Times and yeah. I read these things because I have the understanding that there are some people when they get home, their mum and dad are having these conversations with them. Yeah. So it's just become part of the vocabulary that they use every day yeah. but because of I guess the background that we're from there's some things that we have to force ourselves to learn yeah. because it just hasn't become a natural custom of life yeah. and especially in finance as much as I love it mm -hmm. it's quite pompous and biased to yeah. certain characteristics and yeah. traits and I have to force myself to learn these things like, so presentation skills and just knowing certain things like you have to learn the language of the absolutely class. you have to learn about the patriarchy and then find your way to manipulate it yeah. through it like um, what does it say you have to move like a woman but think like a man which is not great no. but I feel the this thing especially finance it's a game mm -hmm. like obviously you have to have the intelligence but there's a personality that comes along with it because yeah. at the end of the day we're all selling something mm -hmm. it's just who can sell it the best and who can be the most convincing mm -hmm. and my name is Chiku Winatambala mm -hmm. so I will win so let's let the games begin I'm ready I'm Maybe actually uh, they, God is by my side so I'm <laughs> gonna win I don't care no matter what in this 2019 and in this 2020 as we go on into the next decades yeah I shall continue to win yeah yeah. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. what. Got money on my mind, I can never give it up. Let's stop. When I step in the building, everybody can go up. Let's get the words right. And they stay there, and they stay there. Okay, colorism. And they stay up, up. Um, but yeah, I think that brings this episode to a conclusion about discovering black British culture mm -hmm. and black Britishness altogether. Mm -hmm. um, so as we come to a closer, mm -hmm. um, we're going to lift up a few things to Jesus. Holy. We're going to lift up um, this 2019. A lot has happened. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies financially mm -hmm. are starting to go bust. Auditing firms, which is what I'm heading into. It's been messy. Mm -hmm. It's been messy. So auditing, let's do better. And I'm going to be part of the change. Going to be part of it. Um, even in our financial accounting module today, we were talking about ethics and how um, we reform that. And even in the Bible, it speaks about um, how to live a life, how to live a life that reflects Jesus and yeah. to make sure we're always representing that and um, being the change of the culture. And sometimes it might not be the most direct route to the mm -hmm. top, but you will make it up there by sticking to those values yeah. and sticking to your integrity. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one thing that I got from this episode. What have you got, Sens? From this episode? Yeah, from this episode. My black is beautiful. Yes. My black is enough. Yes, there's a song about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember I it is. gifted and black. Yes, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, Mumu Fresh. NPR literally talks about blackness and all sorts of representation. And even with our university this month, we've had a Black is Gold series and we're just able to see lots of different artwork and poetry and just people celebrating who they are. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing I really loved as well, they had some pictures up about the big sayings when it comes to, oh, I'd love to try black men. Or, oh, I would, um, <gasps> you're cute for a black girl. So they basically made these posters around okay. to trigger conversations, just to basically trigger people. Mm -hmm. And they found out that in one of the bathrooms, I think like the men's one, it had been ripped off the wall and like just thrown on the ground. And I was like, this, as much as it's not good, mm 
Mm-hmm. That person has now seen their actions and they're going to question why has that got me so angry mm-hmm. or why is that triggered? So I've liked the idea of them using these terms of, oh, you're cute for a black girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, do you speak African? All these stupid sayings that people associate and think are somehow correct because they think they're trying to educate themselves. But think about the words that are coming out of your mouth. We are humans. We are not a fetish or a delicacy for you to sample. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really liked the whole campaign that they've had for this Black um, History Month and Sarah has done amazing um, putting it all together. Who's our... um, equality and diversity officer for this year yeah um so i think it's just been amazing and one thing i really liked as well when it came to all the events there were white people there were asian people it wasn't just like a black black event but it was a celebration of Mm -hmm. blackness and all the things that um bring it all together Mm -hmm. um so i really loved that okay okay what's my question i actually can't remember remember. yeah what did you get from this episode uh, I've told you that I, my black is enough. My black is oh, beautiful. That's um, okay. Yes, I yeah, apologize. Yeah. See, anyway, look, I do apologize. Okay, okay. Um, what are we lifting up? We are lifting up our Ratings. iTunes profile. So thank you so much for listening, and we would love to connect with other people. And the best and easiest way to do that is for you to give us five star on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to, and Ooh. just give us a review. Yeah. Um, we love making these podcasts, and we love the opportunity just to talk to people and discuss certain topics, and hopefully hear what your opinion is as well of these particular topics. Mm-hmm. So you would do us an absolute massive favor if you can just get involved, be part of the movement, be part of not having an idea and wanting to educate ourselves, yeah. and just giving us a review as well. Yeah. Um, and if you would like to get in contact with us, how can they do that, Sense? So you can hit us up over in, on Instagram at we at w h n i underscore. We have no idea. Uh, my personal Instagram handle is at i am sense. And mine is the life of Cheeky. Woohoo! Um, and that's all in the description box. But yes. we're just going to close out in a prayer. Sense, would you like to lead? Hoi. Okay. Yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take this time to thank you, Lord Almighty, for creating us to be black women who, hoi, thank you, melanin, popping, glowing, edges, snatched, afro, popping, everything, Mm. unlock. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you for each and every listener. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. Amen. You're the one who appreciate you. Yeah. We take this time to actually thank you for the people who have paved the way for us to have the opportunities to do what we do now. Mm-hmm. To have access to the education that we have and the jobs and the lifestyles that we have. Yeah. We are our ancestors' dreams. Oh, we, The way yes. that we're living, the way that we are thriving and growing. We're coming from the from their backbone and we're so thankful for each and every individual who have paved the way to get us where we are today and yeah. we'll continue to pave the way to wherever our kids will end up, my Lord Almighty. Thank you for being a good father. Thank you for being a God of justice. Thank you for being a God who redeems, Lord Almighty. Mm-hmm. Because God, you have truly redeemed us. And actually, you are just God. Mm-hmm. And we're thankful for that. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank amen. you so much. Have a lovely week. We shall see you next time. Next time. Next week, Tuesday. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Bye.